pipelines, purges, and protests. That and other stories on H2O Radio's weekly news report about water. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. In a week that saw significant pipeline leaks, the president breathed new life into two controversial projects. He signed an order instructing the Army Corps of Engineers to review and approve in an expedited manner the permitting of the Dakota Access Pipeline. And the president also invited pipeline company TransCanada to resubmit its application for the Keystone XL that had been rejected by the Obama administration. While this was occurring in Iowa, a diesel fuel pipeline spilled almost 140,000 gallons in what a Department of Natural Resources supervisor called a big one. And in Saskatchewan, about 53,000 gallons of oil leaked from a hole in a pipeline on the lands of the Ocean Man First Nation, 90 miles southeast of Regina. Regarding the Dakota Access Pipeline, the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe said it would file suit, and water protectors considered returning to resistance camps near Bismarck, North Dakota. Some of them had left the camps after the Army said late last year that an environmental impact statement would have to be done before it would allow the pipeline to move forward. The water protectors at Standing Rock have had a significant impact, so much that they've prompted desperate responses from those in the North Dakota legislature. One lawmaker urged passage of a bill that would make it a crime to wear a mask during a protest. Many water protectors wore scarves that partially hid their faces. Another bill would exempt drivers from liability if they unintentionally injured or killed a pedestrian who was obstructing traffic on a public road. Some of the protests at Standing Rock were on highways and bridges. And two North Dakota representatives introduced a resolution last week calling for the Congress to give the states the ability to manage the affairs of Indian tribes. It wasn't clear if any of these reactions and probably unconstitutional measures would pass. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention abruptly and quietly canceled its climate and health summit shortly after Trump was elected, according to e News. But the conference has been revived due to efforts of some, including former Vice President Al Gore. The environmental champion announced Thursday that the event will go on in Atlanta on February 16th, but not at the CDC, instead at the Carter Center. Gore said in a statement that health professionals urgently need the very best science in order to protect the public, and climate research has increasingly critical implications for their day-to-day work. The CDC has offered no explanation for canceling the conference, but there is some indication that it was from fear of the new administration. Like other gagged agencies who have created rogue social media accounts, there's also one for the CDC, with a masthead stating, join the resistance. The climate change conference was not the only victim of the new administration's purge. Within moments of the inauguration, the official White House website took down all references to global warming and climate change science. The replacement pages contain an energy development plan emphasizing fossil fuels and opening up public lands to drilling and mining. 
It is said that all of this is being done by the administration in an effort to free the U.S. from dependence on foreign oil and to lower the cost of energy. However, as the business magazine Forbes pointed out, energy in America is the cheapest it's ever been in our history, and more oil and gas is being produced than ever. The administration has also announced that it will be scrutinizing reports and data generated by the EPA. The political screening of scientific studies covers new work, but also those generated in the past. In our recent story, Drilling Apart Democracy, we spoke with a former EPA scientist who's deeply concerned that science won't matter anymore. The anxiety over what could happen to federally funded research has scientists frantically copying data from government sites to preserve and protect it. A two-mile-long crack in the Earth's surface has opened in the Arizona desert. In places, the gap is 25 feet deep, which is quite dangerous for livestock, other animals, and humans. Joe Cook of the Arizona Geological Survey told KVOA that the ground is sinking because of water withdrawals in the area for years. He said there were cow skeletons in some of the crevices, and he himself helped pull a calf out of a fissure. Besides this crack, Arizona officials have mapped more than 170 miles of fissures across the state. If water supplies from the center Central Arizona project are curtailed due to ongoing drought, there will likely be more groundwater pumping, leading to more subsidence and more fissures. In other Arizona developments, it is likely that wastewater will soon be permitted to be used as drinking water. After treatment, of course. The plan has been mocked as toilet to tap and until now has not been allowed. The director of Tucson Water told the Arizona Daily Star that water reuses time has come and it is needed sooner rather than later. And finally, if you're a gardener, you know how great a fresh tomato plucked from the backyard vine can be. A complete opposite from that watered-down, tasteless blob you get at the grocery store. But fear not, caprese salad lovers. Help is on the way. Researchers at the University of Florida have figured out what's wrong with modern tomatoes. And they revealed that answer in a study published in the journal Science. For decades, breeders have selected traits that produced bigger, more disease-resistant, resistant, shippable tomatoes with a long shelf life. What they left out? Flavor. And because this breeding took place so slowly over time, nobody noticed. To fix the problem the old-fashioned way, by crossing an heirloom with a modern tomato would take a long time. So instead, the researchers mapped the genomes of 398 different kinds of tomatoes to identify traits that make them delicious. Building a better beefsteak is still a few years off. Turns out, tomatoes are a complex interplay of compounds, especially sugar. Growers know consumers prefer sweeter tomatoes, but sweeter means smaller fruit size, which could drive up labor costs and eventually jack up the price in the produce aisle. Burger lovers everywhere are hoping that eventually science will catch up and be able to deliver a better tasting tomato. This Week in Water is supported by the American Water Works Association. Sustainable water management means more than just conservation. Learn about water efficiency and resilience at awwa.org slash sustainable. 